0: bring market is here. 50% of the offers that lenders are seeing right now are one in multiple offers. So now what do you do? How do you make your offer stand out from the crowd? And how do you help your buyer win that dream house that they would just love to own? This episode is a deep dive conversation into how to make your offer stand out, how to really go above and beyond for your buyers and win them the house that they want. Let's dive in. doing a solo episode and we are talking all about Multiple offers. Multiple offer season is upon us again. And we are not seeing quite as hot of multiple offers yet, but I feel like they are definitely on the horizon. So what do you need to know if you're a buyer listening to this episode? And what do you need to know if you're a buyer's agent listening to this episode and you really want to be able to win in multiple offers? I get it. It's so stressful. And when you like when your buyers fall in love with a property and it's not in multiple, multiple offers and you're like, hurry, let's get an offer in before multiple offers happen. And they don't. And then it goes into multiple offers and you're like, ah, damn, like you're shooting yourself in the foot. You could have had a property, could have bought your house and not have had to compete with multiple offers. But multiple offers is a thing. And even currently, we've heard stats from some lenders in town in the Twin Cities that have said about 50% of the purchase agreements that they're seeing like after a long weekend are coming back with 50% of them were one in multiple offers. So I think that's a pretty fair assessment of what's happening right now. Of course, there are those homes that are sitting on the market. There's those homes that are seeing price reductions and are just not doing that great out there. But there are a lot of homes, especially especially in the really competitive price points. I feel like that's where we're seeing the biggest pinch of inventory is the affordable homes. And sidebar, do you know who the biggest competitor is for first time home buyers right now? It's like big corporate money, like hedge fund money goes into cities and they just snatch up any bit of inventory that's affordable. And that's crazy and it sucks. And what it's doing is that it's pricing the first time home buyer like right out of the market. That's a whole, we could have that be a whole nother show, but let's talk about multiple offers because I think we're going to be seeing this more and more. Interest rates right now are let's just be honest, they're a shit show. They're all over the place. We should see some job reports that look a little bit more promising that potentially will bring interest rates down in the next, um, like less than a month, in the next few weeks. But until then, interest rates are just like a moving target all day, every day. That being said, I will go off on the tangent about lenders. Not all lenders are created equal. And this is a legit thing. Our favorite lender, he sends out rates you know, if you reach out to him, he'll tell send your rates anytime you want him. of course. But he just started does like a market broadcast to all the real estate agents that he works with every Friday. So then when I'm out in the field on the weekend, working with clients, working with buyers, I really can have an intelligent conversation about what to expect for interest rates. And his interest rates are considerably lower, about a half a point lower than every other lender in town. So not all lenders are created equal, something to think about. But let's talk specifically, let's talk about like three different things in terms of multiple offers. And number one, building rapport. Like I say this all the time and I feel like I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. And I I guess in my mind, I always just think that everybody, all real estate agents sort of just like do business how I do business and that actually is not the case. And how I see that firsthand is when I'm on the other side of the transaction and when I'm representing sellers is when really the the truth comes out and like you know the smoke and mirrors are pulled away and I'm like oh my god there's so many agents that are doing such a terrible like legit terrible job with offers they're not presenting them well, they're not packaging them well, they're not building rapport, they're not even calling me, they're literally just like throwing something at at the wall to see what what will stick. And I think you're doing your client a humongous disservice by not building rapport with another agent, especially one where your buyer is interested in their seller's listing. It couldn't be more important at that time for you to be building rapport and Trying to get as much information as you can to help your client. So here's a couple examples. I am um, representing buyers and my buyers, and this was just like in the last, I don't know, week and a half. My buyers were contingent upon the sale of another property. So that doesn't really like give you the best dog in the race for a multiple offer situation, right? but I called the agent and I'm like, okay, my clients want to write an offer on this house. And so I'm going to do my damnedest. And so we talk through strategy. I'm like, okay, here's where we need to be for price. And like, what can we do if our contingency is a big one? So we have to sell another property in order to purchase this new one. What other terms can we put into offers that are going to make it sexier? So yada, yada, we went through all that. But the point of the story is my, I went to work to make a connection with a listing agent. I've never done a deal with her before, but she was super professional. She answered the phone. She was awesome. I just asked her the questions that I needed to ask and then sent the offer and I sent a video text and that literally is like me holding up my iPhone in front of my face, like I'm going to do a selfie. And I'm like, hey, Beth, you know, I just sent over the offer on 123 Elm Street. My buyers are so excited about it. Here's da 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 da. Here's some details. Here's how great I am to work with, blah, blah, blah. And basically, you get an opportunity, an additional opportunity, especially if the listing agent isn't someone that picks up the phone. And you find a lot of listing agents that will not pick up the phone. And then you can really let your personality shine that way, way more than just sending an email that's really one-dimensional. A text is Kind of one dimensional, but when you're doing a video, it's really like three dimensional. They're getting your personality. They're getting your sense of humor. You can get your point across. It doesn't leave a lot of things to open for interpretation. So I'm doing video texts. She's calling me. My lender calls her. Like she was on it. And the crazy thing is, they did not pick our offer. There was another offer that came through. I think our prices were neck and neck, but there was another offer that came through that wasn't contingent. And I know that she wanted to work with me. Great thing was, is that because I got her on the phone, I was able to make the connection that this house is in a neighborhood where I used to live for 13 years. So I we made the connection about that. And she's like, I'm at such and such a place having a burger right now. And I'm like, oh yeah, this was my favorite burger there. So it's like, we were able to make that connection that had I just sent her an email and said, oh, hey, you know, hey, so-and-so, here's an offer on your property. You know, let me know what you're going to do with offers. I was able to actually make like a true personal connection with her. And every time I talked to her, we were on the phone for like 15 minutes. And then on Sunday, when they they called for highest and best by 10 a.m. on Sunday, she reached out at... I don't know, like midday-ish, and to let me know that they did not pick our offer. And she had me on the phone for like 34 minutes. We talked about everything under the sun. We talked about the real estate market at large. We talked about the area of town where this property is. We talked about like the property that we had that we have to sell in order to buy the next property. We talked about all of that kind of stuff. And it was so cool to have that connection with her. And then she reached out a couple other times during the week. She's like, hey, did you get that property sold? And I'm like, hey, did your inspection period fall through? I'm like, we want to be considered as a backup. And now I feel like any time that I cross paths with that agent going forward she and I are going to do a deal together because she knows her shit. She is super professional. She was like on her game and she represented her sellers really well. And I feel like I did an awesome job representing my buyers really well. And had there not been another offer, I mean, I I don't know what we could have done differently, but like we really put all that we could into that offer and we made a true connection. So did that one go my way? no. But the connection was made. And if anything goes sideways with this offer, we're going to be the first call that she makes. And we're going to jump in and snatch that house up, let me tell you. On another note, I had a house last year. And this was really interesting is that I was representing buyers and they were writing an offer on a house. And that agent never answered his phone he never picked up the phone ever. I could not, I, I, if I passed him on the street or if I heard his voice in a, like a voice recording, I wouldn't know him from the man in the moon. And this house was not in a multiple offer situation. That would have really frustrated me. And we got the deal done. Everything was fine. There was no hiccups whatsoever, but it was so frustrating to not be able to get him on the phone. And I don't know if it's that he just wanted everything in writing and my like I get that from a paper trail standpoint but there's no reason that you can't have a phone conversation and then also follow that up with a phone call and or an email to like recap what you talked about on the phone and that was so strange that was probably one of the only transactions I've had in the last few years where truly never ever ever had any like Real conversation with the agent, and that just really sucks. So, the big thing is build as much rapport as you can. Call, text, email, send videos anything that you can do, send them a bomb bomb if you've got a bomb bomb account. Anything that you can do to get their attention, to be able to get in as much information as you can for your clients so you can put together the strongest offer possible that's super important. So the big thing is, and I always say, like, if you can get the agent on the phone, ask them a few questions, and then just shut up. Like, literally, just stop talking after you ask ask the question, and allow them opportunity to talk. So many times, like more times than they should, the listing agent is divulging information that they should not be telling you. And a lot of times that is motivation that the buyer has. And that is Things that you can use to work to your advantage, but it's also things like what is a good selling? What is a good closing date for your client? When would they want to close? Would a rent back be advantageous? Do they need a delayed move out time period? Do you know, if you notice they have got little kids and dogs and pets and a lot of stuff in the house, maybe instead of the buyer taking immediate possession of the property after closing, maybe the buyer allows the seller to have 48 hours to get all their stuff out. There's all these things that all you have to do is ask a few questions and you can extract enough information that you in turn can take that information, take it back to your client and say, hey, are these any any of the things that you'd like to consider putting into an offer, considering that you have flexibility on your end, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, and that could really make our offer stand out, especially in a pile of multiple offers. So building rapport, number one. Number two, packaging your offer. God, this is just, it's such a nightmare. And I see it all too often when I'm on the list side of things. Is that a listing agent, you know, when you like, say you have a whole weekend and you're bombarded with multiple offers, it, like your weekend is sort of shot. And it's a good problem to have. I'm not complaining about multiple offers because I love multiple offers. But when agents, when the buyer's agents are sending you just really incomplete written offers, haphazard offers, offers that are not packaged beautifully and they're missing in key pieces of information and it's a bunch of like random PDFs and I have to like piecemeal this offer together and make it make sense. There is nothing more frustrating when I'm sifting through offers than dealing with messy shit show offers. So that is something that is really going to make you stand out is if you can package an offer beautifully, put it in a chronological order of how you would read an offer where you have a cover letter perhaps, or a love letter, and then you have a pre-approval letter, and then you have your purchase agreement, and then all the um, applicable addendums to it, and then you have the seller's disclosure at the end. Oh my God, it's so refreshing. (laughs) It's so refreshing. Speaking from the listing side of things, if you get a beautifully packaged offer that is easy to read, easy to comprehend. An agent can open up their phone. They don't even have to be at their laptop. They can open up their phone, hit the one PDF, open it up, see all the details, and you're good to go. That is a freaking dream come true. All right, let's talk about number three. Terms and this is where this also reverts back to building rapport. If you've built rapport with the listing agent and you've been able to get them on the phone and you've been able to ask all the questions, you can put together an offer that has really sexy terms. And so it's not always the highest price. It's sometimes terms is what could make um, an agent turn their head. Or many times there'll be three or four offers that are all hovering right around the same price, and the financing is all really similar between the the you know a handful of offers so then what can you put in your offer that's really going to make yours stand out from the sea of sameness right you don't want to be in the sea of sameness that's freaking terrible place to be so things like appraisal gap coverage what if what if you gave the buyers or the sellers free rent back and you let them live in the house for x amount of period what if you did some of the earnest money non-refundable how about reducing as many of the contingencies as possible? Sometimes having contingencies in there at all is not the greatest idea. But what about a delayed move out period? So instead of getting immediate possession, I mentioned it earlier, you could give the sellers 48 hours, 72 hours, whatever that looks like, that would make their life easier. It's no skin off your hide. You're getting the house anyways. You just are going to get it a little couple days later. What if they have stuff in the house that they were not wanting to get rid of? <laughs> Things like pool tables, pianos, maybe a hot tub that doesn't work anymore. Sometimes there's those really weird, big, clunky things, and they're like, Hey, would you like to buy this? And you're like, No, I don't want to buy your broken down hot tub. I don't want to buy your pool table that looks like it's 1972. Like, you're like, No, you don't want to buy it. And you know, the seller really doesn't want to move it, but they also kind of don't want to give it to you. Well, sometimes just saying, Hey, I don't, I don't really want to buy it, but if this is a big hassle for you to move, you can leave it. So sometimes buyers taking on the responsibility of things that the sellers want to leave. I had a girlfriend last year. She's a real estate agent, um, friend of mine, and she bought a property and she bought it. It was like a semi hoarder house. She bought it with all of the contents in it. And so then it was her responsibility to empty the house out. And like seven dumpsters later, I don't know if she would do that again, but she got a really screaming deal on the house and she was able then to rehab it. And then now it's going on the market this spring and she's going to make a boatload of money on it. So maybe something like that, that is considered an inconvenience to the seller is something that you could take on as the buyer and make the seller's life easier and make your offer more sexy. What about an escalation clause? Not all agents allow them, but you just never know. The answer, I always think, and I operate this on every area of my life, the answer is always no until you ask. So until you ask the question, hey, would your sellers entertain an appraisal gap or an escalation clause or a rent back? You literally never know. And as many of these things that you can add into an offer to make an offer sexier, It's just going to make it better for your client. And then in turn, you have happy clients that get the house they want and you get a commission check. So I feel like that's really win-win for everybody. So I really do like a super uber deep dive on this from last year. And if you refer back to show number 49, I kind of break it down even more so about what multiple offers look like and how to win in multiple offers. And also, if you check out the show notes, head to show notes and grab your freebie about um, winning multiple offers there. So that could be something that you could take back to your team or take back to your brokerage or share it with another realtor friend. Use it for yourself please be my guest. I would love for you to be armed with as much information to make your spring market and to make your multiple offers stand out from the crowd. So hope you learned something. Hope you got a couple of nuggets. I'm not telling you anything that maybe you haven't heard at another time, but maybe just packaging it a little bit differently. And they always say, you got to hear something seven times before it really, really sinks in. So I hope you got some takeaways. I hope you found some tips or tricks that can help make your life going fo- forward um, smoother. And literally, if nothing else, grabbing your phone and doing a selfie video and sending that to agents, sending that to online leads that tip alone will help you make connections that you maybe are currently not making. So until next time, Bus Bench Babes, keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babe that you are.
1: Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl, Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast.
0: If you want more, head over to Girl Get Your girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com. For show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going.
1: Girl, thanks for being here.